Miyagi and that punk kid. I'm gonna get them for what they did to you. They made you suffer. So I'm gonna make them suffer and suffer and suffer. And when I think they've suffered enough, then I start with the pain. Look, Terry, you don't have to do that. Don't have to. I want to. It's not over. We're Cobra Kai. Come on, say it. Cobra Kai. Say it. Cobra Kai. Never dies. See, that's why I'm nice to everybody, because I'm afraid if you cross somebody, they have some evil billionaire in their back pocket that could just take over your entire life. Look, man, you better watch out. I know some people. Well, it's funny because I know everyone that you know, so I'll get them back on you and then both of our lives will be over. <laughs> I don't know if we have enough money to <laughs> yeah, go around. So, so. so let's just squash that right now. Well, welcome back to the Last Row podcast. My name is Drew, and as always, I'm joined by my friend Badway. Hello. We want to welcome all new listeners. For those that don't know, this is the podcast where we watch things that might not have been loved by the critics, find their Terry silver linings, and fill, in, and fill in the blanks that the movie writers might have left out. Sorry, I, I went to ad-lib on you there. Whoa. Um, if you're looking for us, go to our website, thelastrowpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, at thelastrowpod. Facebook.com slash thelastrowpod. We're on Google+. Plus. Leave us some comments on the SoundCloud player. And lastly, I just want to thank everyone that's done this. Please head on out to iTunes if you're enjoying the show. Leave us a five-star review. It really helps us a lot. So we appreciate everyone that's done that so far. Yeah. Movie Karate Kid Part 3. This movie should have a colon, shouldn't it? Everything needs a colon. I feel like we need to have this colon. Yeah. What do you you got for colons? I'm going to call it Karate Kid Part 3 colon The Ballad of Terry Silver. (laughs) The Ballad of Terry Silver. (laughs) That sounds right. (laughs) Karate Kid Part 3, colon, Silver Linings. <laughs> How about Karate Kid Part 3, colon, Silver's Revenge? <laughs> Pick your favorite. They're all winners. <laughs> Silver's Revenge. Silver's I don't know. Revenge. That sounds like a pirate movie. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so IMDb 4.9. Rotten Tomato 16%. No respect. Way too low. For this movie. Way too low. Uh, 1989. Rated PG. Surprising PG for the amount of cursing in this movie. Directed by John Avildsen, who also directed Rocky. At Rocky Five and all the other Karate Kids, too. That's pretty pretty acclaimed here. Not the Jaden Smith Karate Kid, though. He didn't do that one. Not he that one. He didn't touch that one. Not that disaster. So, uh, Karate Kid, part three, colon, Silver's Revenge. Cobra Kai karate instructor John Kreese is still brooding over the defeat handed to him by Daniel LaRusso. And Mr. Miyagi, with his slimy partner, Terry Silver, Kreese plans an intricate payback that involves hiring a mean-spirited rigger to rob Daniel of his championship title. When Mr. Miyagi refuses to train Daniel, even under threat, the boy makes the mistake of turning to Terry for guidance. Do you think Terry's a tough guy name? It doesn't really sound like a tough guy name, but if you call him Silver, yeah, that's pretty tough enough. And also, Mike Barnes, would you call him mean-spirited? That's underselling it a little, no, don't you think? I, he's like evil. He's straight from straight from hell evil. Yeah, he's not mean spirited. So right. we watched this movie, and I, I want to give a shout out to Mike on Twitter because a couple weeks ago we had asked, "What are people looking forward to watching?" We're still doing that, by the way. So if you have a movie that you want us to watch, write in. We got a couple good suggestions, and we added them to our short list. But Mike wrote to us that Karate Kid Three was laid out on a silver platter for you guys. Sinister toxic wa- toxic waste magnate aids evil dojo leader to thwart unsuspecting teen. And I think he summed it up like yeah. better than that synopsis from Google. And I think that was like a couple of months ago too. So yeah, we're so, we finally circled around to it. It's a great choice. So before we get into what we think of this movie, we decided we're going to do a, 
a little bit of Rotten Tomato reviews, just a couple quick quick hits to see yeah. what other people were saying about this. We so. pulled out some specific ones for for reasons, so we're going to read these. So the, the first one we have is from Kevin Thomas of the LA Times. So I first let me preface this by saying I think 16 is like criminally underselling this movie. Yeah. It's way much better than that. Um, but anyway, Kevin Thomas from the LA Times, quote, Part 3, however, is not merely a disaster of the most uninspired contrivances, but is actually unsuitable for the youngsters, the series' natural audience. It is a little unsuitable for kids, really. They, they dropped think shit about a lot. It. They said shit, like, yeah. ten times, and they said some Asian slurs. Yeah, but disaster? Come on. Come on. All right, next one. Dave Kerr from Chicago Tribune. About all that enlivens the Karate Kid Part 3 is extreme, screamingly over-the-top performance by Thomas Ian Griffith, who plays a toxic waste magnate and karate buff who hatches a madly complex plot to humiliate Daniel and his teacher. I got beef with that because, yeah, it's all that enlivens it, but it's the entire movie. It's the best part and of it's it. it's gold. Yeah. Next. Next, Walter Chow. Chow? Chow? I don't know. Whatever. A.W. Oh. A performance from Machio, so irritating that the goodwill left over from the Karate Kid is gone in a finger snap. Well, yeah, he was a little annoying. I'll give that. I thought he was perfect. Uh, Perfectly annoying. Uh, you need somebody that, that... Miyagi says like 10 words in the whole movie, okay? Look, he's 28 when he's playing this kid in this movie who's supposed to be 17. So this is him trying to channel <laughs> yeah. his inner teenager. It's so far down. Like, it was 10 years ago when he was a teenager. Yeah. He forgot what it was like. He was he was in the All-Valley Under-18 yeah. tournament so, at 28. So he went for YDT because that's he was trying to channel it. It was just, it's been so long. Silver's plan should, should have been to find his original birth certificate to disqualify <laughs> him from the <laughs> tournament. That's the truth. Or maybe he wouldn't want that because yeah. he wants him to actually, he wants to beat him down to yeah. submission. So what, what did you think of this movie? Would, do you have any past experiences with this I've movie seen besides this, I've seen this movie since I grew up. I've seen this when, not when it came out, but relatively when I was young. I've always liked Karate Kid movies, loved the original, had it on VHS, played it, played the crap out of it, yes. probably didn't play anymore. So you're part of my, Mr. Miyagi Media? I'm part of the following. Yeah. Um, but 2, two was, was okay. I think it had the bad guy from... Johnny Tsunami. We're talking about Disney movies last week. Yeah. The, the the dad from Johnny Tsunami. Yeah. Not Shang Tsung, who played his uncle, um, which is another piece of trivia. It's a good everyone. pool right there. It's yeah. a good pool. But uh, I've seen this many times and, and I have enjoyed it. And yeah. watching this today, actually, we just watched it. I love this movie. Yeah. I think it's arguably better than it's not better than the first but this is one of the best, yeah. I think, threequels and I've seen. If, if not for Daniel LaRusso and Miyagi, this is, like we said, the ballad of Terry Silver. This movie is like everything about this movie. It, it, it lives and dies with Silver. Silver's and, Revenge. Yeah, and it totally lives. It totally lives. I myself am not that well versed in the Karate Kid movies. I've seen like each one of them, maybe twice each. Yeah. And, uh, and that was later in, into my late teens and early adulthood. How do you think this compares to other threequels or trilogies if you will so do you want to pick should we pick some movies that that like let's think of some movies that are out there right yeah. i mean think of threes some threes so like i don't know let me let me say like uh back to the future three yeah like I mean, early, that's, early 90s threes that yeah i think it, it's not necessarily how this movie ended i think that they did a damn good job of i don't know if the studio said hey let's make a third i don't think that the writers went into this movie saying hey we have a three movie story arc that we want to get through. Yeah, we want to tell the Miyagi story in three think, chapters. Yeah. I don't think they had that, you know, yeah. and I know we kind of ragged on home alone too a little bit for being cookie cutter. Yeah. This was some cookie cutter. They had some cookie cutter things in it. They did, but they, they did. They took some chances and they, it was really well thought out. I thought. silver was the best part of this movie. And yeah. I feel like compared to some of these other movies, I think it's one of the better ones. Do you have any others that you compared it against? Yeah. I mean, the other threes of like lethal weapon three, 
or uh, the Matrix Three. Yeah, uh, like we said, Back to the Future Three, stuff like that. I think it. I think it compares with them. They're not as big as those movies. Sure. Like obviously the the budget for this movie was not very high. Yeah, and it doesn't need to be. None of the Karate Kids movies need to be high budgeted. But it came out in what the summer of '89, which is yeah. like. We looked at the list of tons of movies that came out. Ghostbusters 2, A Lethal Weapon 2, was it? Or Die Hard? A Lethal Weapon there's 2, a, yeah. There's a bunch of movies that this came Indiana out Indiana Jones 3. Yeah, Indiana Jones, which is another Crusade. 3. Yeah. But again, that, it's, you can't compare it. It's big budget. This movie's small budget, but I feel like if you liked Karate Kid, yeah. like this movie, the, why there's nothing there's nothing to hate about it. You know what? I I think it actually compares well to the Indiana Jones' The Last Crusade because as a third in the in the series, it didn't seem like, again, they, they went into it saying, hey, we're going to make three of these. It almost seemed like they were going into this thinking, hey, we could have three or maybe we'll have another. I thought they did a really good job of making a third and actually tying up some of the loose ends well, from from one and two. Right. Well, well, first of all, the, the they used the opening credits brilliantly, which yeah. no movies do this. And I think it was very genius. And it wasn't so much a montage, right? Yeah. It was, but it wasn't. They Since Karate Kid Part 2 is very different than one and Crease isn't really it at all. And Cobra Kai, there's, like, there's not much to do with it. They used the opening credits to show what happened at the very beginning of two, which got Crease embarrassed and ostracized and out of the Cobra Kai gang, pretty right. much. Shops were closed. Why did this happen? We go back, we, we find out what happened in the first two movies using the opening credits so they don't waste time doing flashbacks or spend time in the middle of the movie confusing it from the plot. They yeah. get it out of the way right in the front. That's no, you didn't see that before and you haven't you haven't seen it since. That's a really good summary and a good way to kind of sum it up because the beginning was full of that stuff. I mean, you got Crease from the second movie punching the car windows. Yes. That was the only piece that that was in that and the second one was primarily in Japan. Right. Yeah. They spent the whole time over there. They came back and they even kind of shot it as if it was happening like the day the day they got back because it was the you have Silver dropping off Crease at the airport on his on his vacation, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah, uh, wherever the heck he was, some somewhere in the Bahamas. Yeah, and you've got Larusso and Miyagi, Miyagi walking out of the airport. Right. So the the lineup of it was actually very they crossed it very well. They done. dotted all their T's, dotted all their T's, and crossed <laughs> their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they dotted those T's. Yeah, yeah, they did. So, but I thought that was really good. But the main piece of this movie that I think you and I can both agree on, and and we can love and we can just enjoy is Terry Silver. Oh, absolutely. Terry Silver like well, this is the like we said this is the ballad of Terry Silver, villain of all villains. I know you did some extensive research on villains. What do you have there for our so, uh, for our villains? I know one of the, one of the favorite parts of a lot of people that that listen to us on Bauer Hour was when we pulled from the the Bauer Hour, the Bauer Wiki, the, Bauer the 24 wiki. hour the 24 hour wiki, excuse me. <laughs> I'm all over the place today. But I've done some research on Terry Terrence Silver. Terry Terrence Silver. So actually, at the way that the Villains Wiki, and I'm going to read right from the Villains Wiki. Yeah. Because I think that we should do this research from now on, because I found some funny things about this wiki. But I'm going to read you, let me read you the description of Terrence, quote, Terry, end quote, Silver. Hit me with it. Terry Terrence Silver is the tertiary antagonist in The Karate Kid Part 3. He is played by Thomas Ian Griffith, masterfully, by the way. He was an acquaintance of John Kreese from his military days. He is also the head of Dynatox Industry, the sponsor of the All-Valley Karate Tournament, and the antithesis of Daniel LaRusso. Who's writing this? This is pretty good. Got some good words This is sourced from the internet, man. This is like the collective here. So when his best friend John Kreese, best friend, is financially ruined due to the Cobra Kai's defeat at the hands of Daniel and Miyagi, Silver makes it a personal mission to help Kreese recover and avenge him. To this end, he 
has his thugs force Daniel to enter the All-Valley Tournament and recruits karate's bad boy, Mike Barnes, to compete against Daniel. He's also supposedly trains Daniel for the tournament. That's a typo there. We got to get on this. We got to start. <laughs> we got to make an account. I copied this right from it. After Miyagi refuses to do so, in reality, setting him up for a defeat by Barnes. At the tournament, he instructs Barnes to deliberately drag the fight out in an attempt to torture, Dan- torture Daniel. So in uh-huh. addition to this masterfully written description right. that the, the, the folks, the kind folks at the Villains Wiki did for us, they also categorize these villains. Oh, and I think this is the best part, okay? Because I want to read you this, and I think this is going to play into our villain scale. Uh-huh. Tell me whether you think that this Terry Terrence so, Silver belongs to so this how, category. How many categories does he hit? There's here? quite a few here, and I'll go through them pretty quick. All right. So just tell me if something stands out. All right. He is listed as a master manipulator. Well, he's certainly that. I mean, he's, he's a world-class liar. He's under sociopaths. <laughs> he's, under he's certainly that. Movie villains, which is just a generic. Everyone yeah, on this villains wiki, would, I would argue yeah. that they are movie villains. Yeah. Living villains, because he doesn't die. Of course he's alive. Spoiler alert. Live action villains, not a category for, you know, cartoons. Evil teacher. Absolutely. Martial artist. Check. Charismatic villain. 100%. Athletic villain. You saw him doing those karate moves. moves. He was doing some roundhouse kicks. Yep. Kreese told him he was telegraphing it. The front roundhouse is my favorite, by the way. Yeah. He, He pulls that off very well. Master orator. I don't even know what that means. He, he can speak very well. He can give speeches as he oh, did at the yeah. All Valley he's very, he's very, um, very supportive and then very negative. <laughs> Military villain. He's from Vietnam. Xenophobe. He hates Asian people. <laughs> he does. I'm speaking for him. Racial okay? slurs. No, he, he drops racial slurs. Him and Kreese drop ball movie. Inconclusive villains because we didn't see enough of them. Right. I don't even know how to say this word. Chopsaki villains. I don't even know, I don't what, know what, means what that means. That. I feel like an idiot. Business villains and rich villains. He's he's a tycoon. Hit me up with that. That's the last category. How do you feel about those categories? I mean, they're all on point there, but rich villain is kind of where I want to stick on here to start because all this is is possible because he's a millionaire, a billionaire, if you. Yeah, we don't know his balance sheet. We don't know his bank statements, but he's he's up there. It's well documented that he drops everything that he has going on in his life right now. To go ruin this 18-year-old kid and his little Japanese friend. That's the ultimate power move, by the way. <laughs> ultimate. This guy's ahead yeah. of Dynatox Industries. Yeah. So the, that fact alone, that he drops his life to help his friend in need and ruin this little boy's life, gives me a, I want to say a 9.6 on the villain scale. I'm nope. saying this guy makes the 10. He, he is makes the, the 10. top. See, I was going to say the 10 for something that I don't even know about yet, because you got to leave a little bit on the top for the end. But if you want to go 10 um, on the way, if, if this guy takes the cake, look, he didn't kill anybody. Yeah, but we don't know what happens after the movie. Well, that's true. Does he, he might kill them. But for, there are no on-screen deaths to right, go along that's with everything true. else. But you know what? What's worse? Like, you can kill somebody. People commit murder all day. Yeah. You know, and that and that's bad enough. They let's do that not, all day. <laughs> let's not make light of people yeah. dying in murders. But let me tell you something. How many CEOs of a multinational corporation drop everything they're doing to invest money in buying up dojos, in trying to terrorize like a kid's a kid's life because he had some guy lose? And let's be serious. Who gives a shit about the All-Valley tournament Listen, outside of All-Valley? I don't think he spent that much money based on the money that he was flaunting in this movie. Yeah. This is like he gave up his third quarter vacation to do this. Yeah. He takes quarterly vacations. We know this. It just seems like the type of thing that he would do. He sent his best friend out to Tahiti to get a rub down because he was feeling blue. So <laughs> this guy has money to blow. He was going to spend it elsewhere. 
And throughout the whole movie, he was taking joy and pushing this kid down. That's what I'm so saying. It's like, a vacation for him. Who terrorizes children? This, and actually, it's probably a cheap vacation, really, if you think about it. Yeah. For him. He sent it to an all-inclusive. But, one of the yeah. To, to give him a ten, it's kind of tough. I respect your your opinion, but I would say like off the top of my head, I'm thinking like Scar from All right. from Lion King. That yeah. could be a ten. He kills his He's own brother. He disgraces and betrays his own family to get ultimate power in the Lion Kingdom. That's like a 10. But listen, that's a cartoon. That wasn't real life, that's okay? True. This is real life. All right. Well, it's all one scale, though. It's all one scale. <laughs> so I'm going 9.6. You're going 10. I respect Let it. me tell you. Let's meet in the middle and give it a 9.8. Let me tell you about what the TV wiki says about Dynatox Industries. Because <laughs> I, I pulled this, too. Okay, we're, we're pulling out all the stops here today. Dynatox Industries. Hold on. My, Which is uh, not real in any way, shape, or form. It just has a cult following on the, the internet. What's their stock ticker symbol? <laughs> Dynatox Industries is a multinational company that has a horrendous record of polluting the environment with chemicals that can only be described as toxic. <laughs> the president of Dynatox is Terry Silver. The charismatic Mr. Silver is a martial artist and Vietnam veteran who served with the well-known karate teacher John Kreese. In the late 1980s, Terry Silver and Dynatox Industries hit the headlines when it was revealed that Mr. Sar- Silver was involved in a conspiracy to fix the outcome of All Valley Under 18 Karate Championship. The conspiracy involved John Kreese and a young up-and-coming karate star named Mike Barnes. Fortunately, the plan did not succeed, and the contest was won by Daniel LaRusso. Look, uh, the All Valley Championship is the least of his worries. Do you think that will affect their stock price? It may, but uh, he's. do you think he has the EPA up his ass? He's got the NRC up his ass. He doesn't care. He bribes people. But that's like the the, the All Valley Championship is is mere pittance to him. But what I want to know is like, would this run on CNBC? Would Kramer on Mad Money be like, oh my god, breaking news? CEO of Dynatox Industries yeah. is involved in All Valley. It would definitely affect his stock price because it's like he's he's making public appearances in the negative here. He doesn't seem to care. He he goes yeah. uh, he creates an alter ego and uses his real but, name. But luckily, he did this in 1989, where the this this would not spread like wildfire on the internet. Twitter would blow up. If this were to happen in this day and age, I just think that Silver is such a badass and he's he's kind of like a subtle badass because he does some crazy stuff, but he doesn't commit murder. He goes no. all the way without committing murder. No, but Well, he's very meticulous. He's very calculated. So at least he sticks to his plan. He's not he's not psychopathic because at least he, he stays on the rails. That's if true. You will. He, but he's a sociopath. Though, he is a sociopath. According to the wiki. Right, but he stays on the rails, is what I'm saying, is that he follows his plan. What what was up with his house? Let me ask you that. Did you <laughs> did you look like did it look like it was a Mayan tribute? It looked <laughs> like it was a tribute to like Mayan culture or something. Look, look he, he just he, he spends his falls in that house, all right. I don't know if that's his full time. Did they say where, where that was? I, it looked like L.A. because he was up on top of the mountain and he had a, a view of the city or something. I see. I thought it was I thought it was overseas. No, I think he was in L.A. Okay, Because right. he got in the Bentley, he was driving around. I, I think he's part of L.A. because he's a business mogul there. Okay. It looked like it, at least. Okay. I thought he was overseas. Because he drove him to the airport. Yeah, okay. That was just in my head that he was li- living in the mountains it looked of, like of Okinawa overseas. or something like that. He looked that. like he was living in, you know, <laughs> Nepal or something yeah. crazy. It was such a great view. But he he paid two, like, just dummies to go beat up, too. He's training yeah. in his house, and yeah. he has these guys in pads, and he's just kicking their ass. How much money he, do those guys make an hour? I... See, I don't know. Is that like, are they his drivers too? Like, they're just the guys that's that the, he... Yeah, it's the limo driver. <laughs> he is he limo the limo driver? He puts the pads on and get their, gets their asses kicked. Yeah. He, he gives he them like may, a $20 tip. He makes that guy get in there. But yeah. like, I don't know. I mean, we were talking a little bit about this before the show started. What are some of the other shady practices that this guy is a part of? Do you, yeah, that's, like, that's what I want to know is like, so I guess 
just um, disposing of nuclear waste in an unethical fashion. That's like one of the worst jobs you could have. Yeah. But also one of the most lucrative jobs. Like it's, you definitely, you definitely have to dodge lawsuits. So what's on par with that as far as evilness goes? Like what's an evil, legit job? Evil, legit, like working at Philip Morris, making yeah, some, people yeah, think something smoking like that. is good. Yeah. yeah. So, so like he, if he was a remake, he would yeah. be the head of Philip Morris. Yeah, he's like a, he's a cigarette advocate. He's trying to get the, he's trying to get the teenagers hooked. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't think of anything else that is immoral. Um, Do you think he sells drugs? Do you think he could be a drug kingpin? Also, he could be. Maybe he's laundering, you know, something from Mexico. He, he's not that far from yeah. Mexico. You know, maybe he's a car, head of like a cartel arm, like in the, in in the you know the southwest. It's there. easy money, and he certainly can fund it, and he it's probably won't be traced to him. I feel like it's something that he dabbles in. The other thing about him that I thought was interesting is he has these people that work for him, but they didn't seem that all disgusted. They with sold him. their souls. They did. Yeah. His secretary, his driver. He treated them nice, though. He did, but but he speaks freely about the shenanigans that he's doing in front of everyone. So he trusts them. So they're just as evil as he is. Do you think he invests in, you know, shady things, too? Like, other than drugs? I mean, do you think he's investing in, like, cigarette companies and all this oh. kind of stuff? Oh, yeah. He seems like he doesn't really have morals about no. what he does. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, his, his time in Vietnam definitely did not shape his outlook on life. He, he he certainly has no conscience. Yeah. So what I want to know is now, is this his first rodeo with ruining a teenager's life? Because he's so good at it. He had it down, didn't he? Yeah. He came up with that plan like really fast. Yeah. He just, it, it seemed like another day to him, didn't it? It was like, it was watching an artist at work. It was like paint strokes on a canvas, how quickly he concocted this plan. So I feel like... Maybe he has other, like, maybe he's got, like, a Little League coach that he's friends with from Nob. That he does for baseball people. Yeah, and then he's down on his luck, so he goes and ruins a 10-year-old's life. Yeah. And then he's got a basketball coach or a wrestling coach from high school who's about to get up in flames over some kind of... Uh, Steroid. Scandal. <laughs> and he goes down and fixes that. Like, th- this is the type of thing I feel like he gets called on any random So Tuesday. maybe disposing of nuclear waste is his day job, but he's kind of like a Batman, but like an anti-Batman. He's an anti-Batman. He, yes. go, he goes and, like, fixes things. He's, like, reverse justice. Yeah. You know? He's, exactly. like, helping the bad guys. Yeah, exactly. I'm surprised they didn't make him a lawyer. Yeah. You know? Like, a really, like, a high-powered defense attorney or something. Yeah. He's like a bizarro Batman. Yeah. Pretty much. Maybe that's another, maybe that's another job. Like a Saul Goodman type, you know that these guys are guilty and you're trying to get them out, but you're not trying to get them plea deals and stuff. You're trying to, they didn't do it. He's the type of guy to rob from the poor and give to the rich. I think it's, it's kind of interesting. Some of the things he does, I mean, we can rattle them off. We'll get into some of the plan in in a minute, but we'll detail that. I mean, he, he has the whole quick silver methodology that he tells you, by the way, why is he have like videos all that or. Or books on that, the Quicksilver. Do you think you think that exists? And if so, could we get it on the Golden Closet? You think they could? You think they have that? Like, if there was a book, yeah. Oh. What about the karate book that he has? Oh, the uh, the book, the book on sweeping, the sweeping, the sweeping book that he wanted Daniel to read. <laughs> so, okay, let, let's let's run down the Quicksilver method real quick for uh, for trading. He tries to teach Daniel LaRusso some very shady tra- tactics. First one being rule one: a man can't stand can't fight now this is opposite of the dalton method yeah of from roadhouse this be is nice yeah be nice if a man can't stand he can't fight number two if a man can't breathe he can't fight number three if a man can't see he can't fight listen he, he's not he's not shattering the earth with those revelations there i mean right. those but, are pretty obvious but there statements. are three easy methods to win a fight cheaply kick the knee out break the ribs poke break him, the nose poke him in the eye pretty dirty I, and but see my issue with that 
and my issue with the the rest of this and I, and again I love this movie but we gotta we gotta explore it accurately. Daniel would never have fallen for that. I know he was down on his luck. Yeah. He was feeling like he was just in the dirt. Miyagi wouldn't help him out. He's got to fight this guy. And Silver got into his head as a sociopath would. He knew he would. But I just don't believe that he would have gone along with kicking people in the leg. He, he did it so willingly, too, he over got, the course of a week. Look, he got scared from from uh, from Matt Bards. Uh, Mike Bards, sorry. Mike, Matt Bards. <laughs> he got scared because Mike Bards was uh, smashing his door. He was really getting under his skin. He knew that Mike Bards was better than him. Yeah. And he needed the help. Excuse me. He needed the help. The one other thing that I thought was really funny about him was that once he started pulling off this long con, you know, he went through a whole bunch of stuff. I thought it was funny when LaRusso shows up to the to the dojo because, yeah. like, he was waiting for him to show up. Yeah. He just kind of was like, all right, I, I can help you, you know, yeah. but I'll be I'll be wherever I'll be. I'll be I'll be in my dojo if you need me. Right. And he just was there. Open invitation. How long was he there? Yeah. And he was just practicing like yeah. katas and breaking shit. Yeah. He like, had how to... long was he there waiting for him <laughs> to had, show up? He hadn't been doing his kata for like eight straight hours, hoping that the kid would walk through the door like, oh, hi. He yeah. must have been pretty <laughs> damn confident that, hey, this kid's going to show up. He was just there. And again, like every <laughs> villain would. Yeah. He's wearing the black gi. Yeah. Another thing that gets points on the villain scale for me is is the laugh. Oh, yeah. Now, Silver's laugh is a world-class evil laugh. He goes from a chuckle to a cackle to psychotic laugh. Hey, I like that. Oh, I like that, Johnny. I'm going to use that. <laughs> so those are the laughs of a, of a psychotic human being. And that gets you the extra points. Maybe I'll go 9.9 now. 9.9? 9. 9. You're 9. up. I'm, I'm sticking with 10, See, man. we went in the middle with a 9.8, with a 10 and a 9.6, 9.9 because of the laugh. I'm rounding up. Now, if we want to get to a 10, here's the question I pose to you. He doesn't seem like the type of guy who takes losing lightly. Yeah. He's the type of guy who, who never loses. He would he would be, he would say that. I never lose. Like he never said that, but he would never say that. What happens after this tournament? Does he just kill Daniel LaRusso and Mr. Miyagi Listen, a day man, later? Any man that's gonna wear an ascot to to a, tor- a karate <laughs> tournament. Any man that's gonna wear an ascot to a karate tournament mean, means business. Yeah. He knows some people. So yeah. not only does Kreese know him, yeah. he knows someone above him. Well, the, the guy above him is just a silent hitman, I feel. Yeah, and he'll get somebody. I feel like he would just take them out just because he lost and he's he's bitter about it. Well, he can get away with it. He yeah. certainly can get he away with it. He won't be traced to it. He's not, it's, not, it's not his first Listen, rodeo. If this guy can dump toxic yeah. waste in, in rivers and whatever the hell he's yeah. doing, he can get away with a little so, murder. If there was an epilogue after this movie where, you know, like they show like a still Scott, they say, oh, John Kreese went on to go broke and died homeless. <laughs> Terry Silver... <laughs> went back to his mansion and went on to make billions before the big lawsuit. And then they show a still of, 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 uh, of LaRusso and Miyagi. LaRusso and Miyagi were curiously uh, found at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> yeah. They were in the LA River, yeah. like in GTA. He's, yeah. in, he's in that thing. Yeah. They need that is going to attend because we know LaRusso got it. Uh, we, got, we know that Silver got it done. He had some awesome quotes too. It's you know what he said to him like either you fight one fight or you fight the rest the, every day the rest of your life, you know. And it's like just the things that he he did. Like he went through the whole process of trying to appear reasonable and appear like a nice guy. When, yeah. I, we have a, a clip of that too. We'll play later. But yeah, it's it's just funny the lengths that this guy went through to go and 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 terrorize this kid's life. It's crazy. So let's just get into Silver's plan here. Now, rather than us describe it for you real quick, let's have Silver say it for himself. Revenge? Of course you want revenge. Who wouldn't? And I'm going to get it for you. The 
day you step off the plane, you're the biggest dojo operator in the valley. What do you mean? What are you talking about? I bought 20 locations today. Yours, 100%. You are back, my man. Bigger and badder than ever. You're a sweetheart. That's great. But what about those two jerks? Those two jerks are taking up 100% of my time from now on. So just have patience, my friend. I'm just getting things rolling. When I'm finished with that kid, he'll be begging me to be his teacher. And you know what he's going to learn from me? Pain in every part of his body and fear in every part of his mind. <laughs> and here's the kicker. He's going to thank me for it. What about the old man? Him I heard through the kid. Johnny, by the time that little twerp steps into the ring to defend his title, I'm going to have him thinking he's invincible. And then he's going to find out what pain and fear really mean. Right in front of a thousand people. How do you know he'll compete? He'll compete. Don't worry about it. You just have fun. Go give Mamon and her girlfriend a squeeze for me. How do you know about Mamon? I know. <laughs> now, mind you, that was that was said in a sauna. Yeah. With a Zach Morris cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> he he had a lot of moments where he was yeah. relaxing. Guy at, had no at, clothes on. He had a, he had a towel on. At leisure. That was leisure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was he was in a bathtub waiting yeah. for Barnes to show up. Yeah. You know, he, he's in there exposed. He, yeah, he took a Scarface meeting in a, in a bubble bath. A bubble bath yeah. with like a old, you know, 1940s phone or whatever the heck it looked like. It looked like a Victorian style phone. But I think it's just it's funny. So so Crease, John Crease, his buddy, he's yeah. down on his luck. He's ruined, like we said at the top of the show, financially. He looks like freaking Ron Burgundy. He does. As he's roaming the streets of LA. Milk, milk was a bad choice. Like Ron Burgundy, yeah. He's walking around. He's got the... That's he, a great point. He's wearing like a winter puffy vest. Yeah. It's like... It, it's a Southern California. It almost looks like a winter coat where the sleeves are ripped off. I, it might have been. Yeah. He <laughs> might have ripped tattered his rags looked. He had the five o'clock shadow going. Yeah. He looked like he was drunk yeah, in that he, moment. He was kicking stones. He was... Yeah, definitely five o'clock shadow. Goes into his dojo, mail's piled up. Yeah. Bills past due. Yep. You know, all this crap. Collection calls. Down on his luck. Yeah. So what does he do? Calls the one friend he knows left to try to get him out of this situation, or to at least admit total defeat. He told him, basically, I'm out. I'm okay. done. Like, yeah. I- I'm done. And he tried and, to get him to hang it and up. And basically, if Silver would have accepted that answer from him, it probably would have been suicide for him. Yeah, or, or Karate Kid 3.1? Yeah. <laughs> or I guess 2.99? Yeah. I don't know what it yeah. is, but... It would have been over right there. So, Silver basically tells him, listen, buddy, you saved my ass in Vietnam. Relax. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to send you to Tahiti. You get a rub down. You <laughs> take a break. He sends him on a vacation. I'm going to fix this for you. All right. <laughs> and he tells like he tells his assistants and all this stuff like yeah. I, I'm I'm spending full time yeah. on this. Right. You know, this is the the focus of this guy's life. Yeah. He told literally he said in the movie, this is going to be take 100 percent of my time. I'm going to I'm buying 50 dojos of Cobra Kai in L.A. Going to get this back on track. I don't be bothered with anything else. Get me clothes that look poor. Get me a poor vehicle. I want to look humble. I'm going to hatch this plan. I'm going to get LaRusso on my side. My favorite part of the whole plan was him trying to look humble and the fact that he had a bunch of beater cars. Yeah, they were he, lined up for him. He, the, the assistant takes him out into his courtyard of his mansion and he has three beater cars and he's going through saying why that beater is not good enough. And he settles <laughs> on a pickup truck, yeah. which has the ultimate payoff. Yeah. So he goes to the pickup truck, the, the one seed, to kind of try to lure Danny LaRusso. And... <laughs> 
to perfection. LaRusso comes out and he goes, hey, Mr. Silver, nice truck. He <laughs> so, loved it. Hook, line, and sinker right there. Plan to- worked. Total trust based on his beater Toyota. But I think that the, the idea of the plan, right? So rather than just talking about everything he did, like, let's analyze it. I mean, yeah. he goes and tries to destroy this kid's life. Like we, like we were saying before. I mean, not to beat a dead horse, but he gets a magazine because he ordered this magazine from his assistants as he's creepily smoking a cigar in the yeah. back of like a, a Bentley yeah. as he's driving to God knows where. And he finds this bad boy, Mike Barnes. Yeah. Bad boy, Mike Barnes. The next Barnes. big fig in karate. In karate tournaments. He, pay, he decides he's going to pay him to live in his house. He's going to train him with some other guy and some other guy named Snake. Not Solid Snake or Liquid Snake. It's just some guy named <laughs> just Snake. Just named Snake. Hey, Cobra Kai, it all works, That right? guy didn't deserve the name Snake. He looked like a wuss, man. Cobra, Cobra Kai never die, all right? But he, he's got Snake's this whole Snake. plan. He's going to get this rival guy. He's going to find karate's next bad boy. You know, that guy turned out to be a soap opera actor after this, by the way. Yeah, did he? I looked it up on IMDb. Young Matty Barnes? Yeah, Matt Barnes. Mikey Barnes, Mike sorry. Barnes. <laughs> Matt <laughs> Barnes plays for the Clippers. <laughs> Whatever he is. But I well, did a little bit of research on yeah. Mike Barnes for you, too. Tell me about my, Mike Barnes. I got Mike Barnes villains wiki. Mike Barnes. Michael Mike Barnes. Michael Mike. <laughs> Michael. Do they really say yeah. really It says Michael Mike Barnes. <laughs> Michael the Mike Barnes is the secondary antagonist of the Karate Kid Part 3. He was hired by Terry Silver to defeat Daniel in the All-Valley Karate Tournament in exchange for 25%, later 50%, ownership great, of his new dojo. Great negotiator. He was. That's how he won him over. He, yeah. There was a job interview right there, and yeah. he's like, I Look, like this kid. Mikey Barnes is the son that Terry Silver never had, yeah. so... <laughs> It is shown that he is a highly skilled karate master. He proves to be far too much for Daniel, mostly because Daniel Daniel couldn't so much as land a single damaging blow to him until the end of the film. Are they calling him out there? Yeah. Are they basically calling him he shouldn't have won? But yeah, they're, they're pretty much calling him out. He constantly torments Daniel and tries his best to force Daniel into signing an application Sign! for the All-Valley Karate Tournament, which Daniel chooses not to enter because he has no reason to fight. Later, when Mike forces Daniel to sign up for the tournament, Miyagi trains Daniel for the event, finally. At the tournament, under Silver's instructions, Mike toys with Daniel by scoring points and then losing them with penalties. Despite his situation, Daniel defeats him in a sudden death match with the kata that Miyagi taught him, and Silver made fun of him for doing. Yeah, see, that, 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 that's, a, that's a great description of, of Matty Barnes, Mikey Barnes. <laughs> I can't get the yeah. guy's name right, sorry. <laughs> what I want to talk about Mikey Barnes here is I don't know if they have villain things for him. I don't have him here, but I can bring him up. But, me, bring uh, him up. That doesn't matter. What I want to know is this kid is on the way to being a sociopath murderer himself. How many times did he almost murder Daniel LaRusso in this? He almost dropped him off of a cliff. I mean, he almost assaulted yeah. his girlfriend. He kicked his girl, his quote unquote girlfriend in the stomach. He tried to put him through glass windows. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. I got to read this to you. Hold on. I just brought it up. He is categories, right? Yeah. Fighter, bullies, jerks, <laughs> movie villains, martial artists, athletic villains, mercenaries, yeah. male villains, leader, malefactors, knight of Cerberus, extortionist, chopsaki extortionist. villains. He is an extortionist. He extorted his own employer. While I'm up here, I got to read you John Kreese's. All, All right. right, John Kreese, master it. manipulator. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me scroll back down. John Kreese, evil teacher, fighter, abusers, social Darwinists. <laughs> They're like badges that you movie get. Movie villains. Yeah, it's like it's like a badge. Yeah, like a, the merit badges. Yeah. Master manipulator, big bads. He has a whole bunch of others. Yeah. Jerks, brutes, military, failure intolerant villains, thugs, torturer, trash talking, coward, liar, slanderer, criminals, corrupting influence, arch enemy, <laughs> arrogant villains, recurring villain. Minor villain, live action <laughs> Minor villain. villain. Come on, man. Oh, God. We need it. I'm going to sign up for an account. We need to do yeah. some edits. 
Yeah, well, as long as they don't edit over us later. We need to make some people are want to do. The 24 people did, yeah. so. But let me ask you a serious question about that Mikey Bards here. As a Karate Kid veteran as yourself, maybe a controversial answer. Who's a bigger villain? Billy Zabka or old Mikey Bards I'm here? going. I'm quoting the villains wiki, and I'm going to say, because he's a mercenary, he's literally a mercenary. Yeah. Because he's hired to take this kid out. Yeah. It's Mike Barnes. I feel like... Zapka was a high school like kid Zabka taking karate was, after school. Johnny was his name, right? Yeah, Johnny. Yeah. He almost did what he did at a Karate Kid 1. He was a high school bully, first of all, which is a different kind of villain. And he was also did a lot out of fear of John Kreese kicking his ass. Right. This kid, Bards, is in it for himself. He loves it. He oh, enjoys it. It's his job. Yeah. Johnny was a hesitant. He didn't want to sweep the leg. He did it because he respected his teacher as bad as he is. This Bards kid is he's got a villain scale score for himself, I feel. So he's that kind sense, of up. He, he's a worse villain. You nailed it, though. You said he's yeah. the son that Silver never had. Do you yeah. think he adopted him? It, had he had he would have won, yeah. actually, let's say that. Had he won the match, yeah. would he have put out the adoption papers and said, I'm taking this kid Can you adopt house? an 18-year-old? I don't know. <laughs> if they're willing. He certainly moved in with him. It's, it's an honorary adoption. He certainly moved it's, in with him. It's like Sean Hunter moving yeah. in with the Matthews. He got an internship at, Dino, at Dynatox. <laughs> Dynatech? Or he gave Dino- an internship at Dynatox. He, he, learned, he learned how to dispose yeah. of some nuclear waste here. Most, most, most certainly. Yeah. So anyway, I love the other part of Mike Barnes that was hilarious. We, we were laughing about this was, um, I think it was funny as part of the story, but... When he goes and he terrorizes him at the at the, the bonsai the tree shop. shop, yeah, you know they're driving around and they they hop into a Mustang because Miyagi comes and he he kicks their ass and he said get out of here. Yeah, he jumps in the back of a Mustang. Yeah, and the guy starts doing donuts like to get out of there. And yeah. as he was about to pull away, Barnes was still yelling at him. <laughs> yeah. So he, he he spun back around and did yeah. another donut so he could finish yelling. So that's another part of the villain, like. You're talking so much smack that you have to have your buddy do a second donut just yeah. so you can finish talking smack. Yeah. <laughs> Burn perfect. some more rubber. Let me yeah. get over there. I'm not done yet. Okay? I'm not done. Oh, man. But anyway, he's kind of a douche, and he's effective at it, right? I mean, what's your rating on him? Where's he at on the scale? Well, I mean, he he's, he's small potatoes compared to silver, but I would still give him a, above a five, which is more than we could say for some of the other villains of these movies that we've done. I would give him a 5.4 with room for improvement. Yeah. Had there been a Karate Kid 4, not the Hillary Swank movie, not the Jaden Smith movie. Had there been a continuation of this story, which would have been impossible because Ralph Macchio would have been 50 or so. so <laughs> it's okay. He still looks yeah. like he's, you know, if he's 50, was he 28 playing an 18 or 17 year yeah, old? Yeah, he was 28 playing 17. You know, if he's right. 50, he could he could probably pass for like he 28. Still, yeah, he could still move. You know, he's got a young face. A baby face. Although he looked a little pudgy in this movie, to tell you the truth. I, I don't want to, you know, be a little too scatterbrained here, but I, I do want to say something else that I, I really admired about Terry Silver. Well, we're still on Silver, so please go. This whole show's going to be about Silver. Yeah, this, that's, this, this is dedicated to Terry you know, Silver. The ballad right? of Tony Sil- yeah. Terry Silver. Yeah. Um, I also am really impressed with Terry Silver's breaking and entering skills. Oh, he's like a ninja, wasn't he? He, he snuck in, in in the Steven Seagal big black coat with the big pants, <laughs> the, giant, <laughs> the giant shoulder pads. If you, if, if you looked real quick, you thought it was Seagal with well, the, yeah, ponytail the ponytail and the jacket. The yeah. silhouette. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the tight jeans, you know? Um, you know, he was very good at playing hide and seek. Yes. He hid in a chimney. <laughs> he was very good at that, you know, as Daniel burned up the All Valley application. Yep. You know, he was very skilled at a lot of these things. But I think that the best thing about Silver was the way that he was able to manipulate people, but he was laughing in their face. If you watch yeah. it as the viewer, knowing that he's bad and, and everything, which you are, 
you know, you're looking at this guy. He's he has that smirk on his face, now, like these guys are falling. But if you me. don't know he's a villain, he looks just like a smiley guy, right? So yeah. I mean, that's very easy to get sucked into a smiley guy. I in my personal life, I know a smiley guy that's a complete scumbag. Yeah. So I hope it's not me. No, it's not you. I mean, well, cats out of the bag. No, <laughs> we're done. This show's uh, over. I, I, seriously, this guy is like the worst dude I've ever known in my life. He's a friend of a friend of a friend. But it's like, he's a smiley guy. He's the type of guy that you're on the phone with him. He's like, hey, how you doing? So What's he wins up? people over. Yeah, he wins people over. And then he manipulates. And that's what this guy is. You don't know he's a bad guy if you don't know him. Sociopath. Yeah. The exactly. villain's wiki, man. They nailed it. Exactly. I think, um, you know, he does some some interesting things like slowly but surely, this plan starts to work out. He tries to show Daniel he needs a teacher. Yeah. But if Miyagi had tried to train him, if he said, yeah, I'll train you, right. this movie's over. Right. Miyagi probably should have well, recognized I think it. he's such a good manipulator. He would have gotten into LaRusso's head that, look, Miyagi's teachings are getting it done. You're going to need to know X, Y, and Z to fight this level of talent. Last year's tournament ain't going to cut it. John, this is a Johnny we're fighting here. I wonder if he would have pulled a Dr. Saperstein from Parks and Rec and opened a rival like uh, <laughs> shop across the street from their shop next to the yeah. Pottery Barn, you know, uh, like an Oprah, uh, like, you know, in the Renaswag or whatever yeah. the other one, Tommy's, Tommy's Closet. closet yeah. He'll open a Tommy's Closet of bonsai trees across oh, yeah. the street. Actually, that, that's what happened after this movie. To put them out of business. Yeah, you put, them, you put, the, put the tree shop out of business. He tried economics yeah. like Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, but what I was going to say about Silver is... This is definitely a two-part play. It involves Barnes putting the pressure of intimidation on him. Right. So even if Miyagi would have agreed to initially trade him, the pressure that Barnes put on him, making him know, listen, that old man ain't going to teach you what I can teach you. So we, when he gets to the wooden dummy that he created to, to sweep the leg, to punch the ribs, to break the nose, that all would have come back. It may have taken a little bit longer than anticipated. Agree or disagree? Agreed. So, I mean, we could go on for hours about Silver. We spent damn near 40 minutes talking about him. Let's let's talk about this love story. The awkward love story? Question mark? I think in the notes there is a question mark, right? Question yeah. mark? Love I, story? I don't get it. I mean, this this felt really forced. It, it's kind of the formula of every movie has to have some type of love interest. You gotta have a friend or something. So, they did this weird balance of having this girl... Uh, what was her name? Lauren? I don't know. She Ashley? looks like a, she looks she looks like a Lauren. That's how forgettable she yeah. was. You I'm know, gonna call no, her Lauren. Let me look it up real quick. It, Jessica. Jessica. So, I'm still gonna call her Lauren. All right, let's call her Lauren. Lauren. So this girl Lauren <laughs> that Danny Larusso is is dating. He wants to Not date dating? her. He's so friend zoned. Yeah. So he meets this girl in the pottery shop across the hall. The pottery barn. Across the street. The pottery barn. At the bar- so to speak. <laughs> At the pottery yeah. barn. So she makes it seem like she's very interested. Oh, I got this ex-boyfriend. Oh, why don't you come pick me up tonight? Let's have a date tonight. Yeah. And then when he comes to pick up for the date, she shuts him down completely. She goes, oh, well, I just want to lead you on. I'm sorry if I came on strong. I had a fight with my boyfriend, but we're fine now. So I do a boyfriend. Let's just be friends. And Danny took it in stride. He was like a, like a champ. He was like, oh, no, no problem. Like he, Nice he did guy. The, he did that. Like yeah. the gulp, he swallowed the tears. He was so sad. Yeah, he's so sad inside. His heart sank. But what I think happened was, she did a little research. Like I think it was her aunt's shop. Yeah, she was. She was like working there during yeah. during. So the she summer. Know, she knows who's moving in across the street. There's this tree shop across the street, the bonsai tree thing. She did a little research on Danny Larusso. Come to find out, the kid has no friends. He's this karate kid. He's kind of a geek. Best friend is an old Japanese man. Total creep. So she kind of warns her daughter. She got weirded her, out. Her niece, her niche. Her niche. <laughs> that this kid's a total weirdo. So this is not the kind of guy you want to be dating. Just be friends with this chump. 
Yeah. So, but the other thing too, that leads me to ask another question. How the hell is the pottery barn open? If that's such a seedy part of town, yeah. they, they try to like show you, oh, this right. place is a dump. It's on the, literally on the other side of the tracks. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's exactly. A dump. Exactly. Yeah, she's working there. It looked like a pretty crime-infested well part of and town. That's the there. question of me open uh, of opening up Miyagi's tree shop that he opens up. Which, by the way, he opened that tree shop up with whose money? Daniel's. Daniel Larus- Larusso bought the lease, the first first and last month's rent yeah. for the lease for that building sure. with his college money. He's putting off college, dude. How pissed is his mom going to yeah. be? Miyagi was pissed at him. But he's, he accepted it. He accepted it. Long, well, you can't take that money back. You can't, there's no refunds on the lease. He's an entrepreneur, I yeah. guess, you know? It's he, just a very questionable decision. But, you know, if the business takes off, maybe he's got but, a future. But like you were saying with the pottery shop, is a bonsai tree shop that show, that that sells expensive bonsais going to be thriving <laughs> in, in a graffiti-infested gang war zone part of Los Angeles? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. They did a hell of a job remodeling that place, you know? It looked like uh, something on the DIY network, well, you know? wax on, wax off, Miyagi does his thing, you know? You get him in there, he, yeah. he brought in some doors. Yeah. You know? But, I mean, they, these guys did some some crazy shit to these guys. They stole their bonsai trees. They did tons of stuff to them. Like, oh, I actually felt pretty bad property, for property, grand and, theft. And he called the cops. Where the hell were the cops? They grand, knew who did it. Grand theft bonsai. They did it, they did it all. And, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I thought that the love story seemed forced. I know we're scatterbrained here. Apologize. But it just seemed a little forced. Tacked on. It didn't seem like a true love story. I, I failed to mention that coming up very soon, we're going to have a little game, a true or false, about the making of this movie. And I got something for you on, on, on the love story, end. So we'll get into that in about five to ten minutes. So I guess we could just go to loose ends. I mean, the the, the point of this movie is... Billionaire guy is terrorizing a kid. He wants him to defend his title so he can bring back John Kreese's honor. Yes. That's the movie kind of summed up. We've been through that. I know Mike summed it up well to Mike from Twitter, so we want to thank him for doing that. And he's part of the reason why we're watching this, because it just happened to be on Netflix, too. So if you haven't watched it yet, go back and watch it. It's a great movie. Um, But we can talk about the rest of the movie in the loose ends. But I just feel like, you know, the the random trees, of the random scenes of him digging up the tree. Yeah. So Miyagi planted a very rare $10,000 bonsai from Japan. Original. Yeah. In this, like, mountain. Yeah, it's like a, a cave. Off the Pacific. It's in a yeah. cave somewhere. It's very secluded. So when they trash the store, Danny LaRusso needs money. He thinks he's doing the right thing. He's going to dig up this oh, tree, this very thing. valuable tree. He's going to take his rock-climbing platonic friend, Susan, or Lauren, Lauren. or Jessica. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever her name is. Because apparently Lauren has rock climbing skills, which we learned in a picture. And she taught him in, a, in about her of like yeah. five minutes. It was a very, a very crash course. That's how you die, by yeah. the way. That's how you die. So they go down there and then one of um, one of Barnes' scare tactics is to go down there. They throw the ropes down. Like cutting so the ropes on them. They're like, sign the paper. Sign it! Or else uh, we're going to leave you down there to die because high tide's coming and you're going to drown. Was this scene absolutely necessary in your opinion? I think that it, it worked to show you how devious... How much of a of a mercenary this yes. kid is? Yeah, and there was also there was also a veiled sexual assault rape reference to yeah. the girl in that too by which, Snake, right? By Snake, yeah, or Snake's associate. So, yeah, it goes to show you how bad these guys are. But I thought it was very clumsily handled. If clumsily is a word, he, he so then he snaps the tree. Yeah. Now that's like so. Full disclosure: we were watching this movie with Michelle, my wife, and she got up and left. 
Yes. That was the last She's straw. She's a for lover her. of all plants and animals. That was the that was the yeah. last straw for her. Yeah, she, she couldn't handle it. She too, got too up. intense. That was the end of this movie maybe, for her. Maybe that moment alone should have given this the PG thirteen rating because it was just too much violence on that I, I felt like the point that he did that though, it actually did show how much this guy just does not give a Yeah, but a bleep. I, that, that I agree with. But the whole going down there, the rock climbing thing, it's just it seemed a little clumsy to me. But I'm, I'm, I'm not, for the scene. Yeah. Personally. I, I think they could have made some cuts. So let, let's talk about the surgery on the tree. Do you think that tree was worth $10,000 in real life? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know the worth of trees, but if trees in Japan are worth $10,000, there'd be stupid Americans flying over there every day to get their trees. hands on a $10,000 tree and fly back same day and make a little profit. Like, how much does the flight cost to they, Japan and back? The other thing I want to ask you is, can you perform surgery on a tree like that? Like, they took it to the like ER. It's yeah. like under cardiac arrest. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, there's salt on the on the roots. Just rinse it off. He took it to Miyagi, and Miyagi wrapped it up real quick. No, and he I did some crazy surgery on it, and I think it was necessary because it is like a living thing. As always, I'm going to preface this. I'm not a botanist, okay? No, so... You know, so I don't have training. In so that botanist, that botany degree I see hanging above your left shoulder there, that's false. Is that, <laughs> is that a foe? As always, I am not a botanist, <laughs> but I will say this. I just didn't see the urgency. Now, maybe if, you know, you're looking at $10,000 go up in flames, you're going to rush to the, to the, the pet hospital, the tree hospital. I mean, he loves that thing more than he loves daddy. So do you just go take that to like the nursery? Like, where no. do you go? No. Miyagi just he knows he's Miyagi a master. is so good at it like he had to act and he knew he had to act so anyway let, let's break down the final fight I mean we get to that but yeah. the final fight's kind of the the meat of this and it comes down to it and LaRusso is just totally overmatched he has no yeah. freaking shot and I question whether he actually would have won but Barnes toyed with him a little too much Barnes right. could have just finished him, so and that was the downfall yeah let's back up a couple bits right. here on the final reveal, will we find out that Silver is, is bad? And um, by the way, we failed to mention that Silver I can't said, we forgot that. Yeah, Sil- Silver Silver told the Russo and and, um, and Bayagi that Kreese was dead, which is crazy. Yeah, so I can't believe we we, we glossed over. I'm that. sorry. Thank you for so, bringing that up. Yeah. So when the final dojo scene, when it's finally revealed that Silver is bad and he manipulated him and he's gonna crush him in the, and Barnes is gonna crush him in the tournament. There's the reveal where Kreese pops out of his own uh, cardboard cutout. That's right? like ultimate <laughs> badass. Yeah. Can I say that? And oh then my it, God. And then it's just the three of them, Silver, Kreese, and Bards, laughing maniacally at LaRusso and how big of a loser he is. And they kick and his ass out him. of the gym. Yeah. And then they say, you want to see this? Bring him back. Bring him back. And who gets brought back? Bards through the door by Miyagi. And Miyagi kicks his ass. So Miyagi kicks everyone's ass and says, screw you guys. Danny, I'm going to train you. And we're going to beat these guys because we're going to bring honor back. You have strong roots. Now we're back to present time. I'm we're sorry. The, Thank you for doing yeah, that. I just wanted to clear that up. But obviously, you see the movie, you know what happens. I wish we could just play sound clips for every yeah, scene. We right. could just play the movie instead of our podcast. I think <laughs> yeah. you would be just as entertained yeah. if we just we'll play the yeah. audio of the movie. Now, I would be clear when I say this. This is not a good, bad movie, as one of our writers said in our last episode on the mailbag. This is a good, good movie. Yeah, right, I think guys? it's good, good. I, I'm not being facetious. I'm not being uh, ironic when I say this. This is a good movie. Well, and I think because it has a three after it, I think people tend yeah. to write it off. Right. It's 1989. The second one wasn't that great. The fourth one was pretty terrible. The, let's just pretend the remake doesn't yeah. exist. So so that's probably, probably why people look yeah. back and they're like seeing on Netflix, oh, should I watch this? Nah, it's a piece yeah. of crap. So no, it's good. Watch it. As far as the plan goes, the plan is still working as is because they embarrassed Daniel Russo. They um, 
they kind of corrupted him a little bit. They turned him away from his roots and um, we're at the tournament. They got him to sign. So they're at the tournament and the plan is still to make him suffer. You score a point, Barnes, and then you take you, you get a point taken from you by cheating all the while beating up Danny and really making him suffer. If a guy can't see, he can't fight. Yeah. Long he can't stand. He can't fight. Exactly. <laughs> Long story short, fight goes to overtime. LaRusso is probably has broken ribs, probably has a broken foot. And next point wins. And what does LaRusso do? He does the kata, man. He does the kata. Old school Miyagi trick. Does the kata. That reminded me of a Seagal quick hands thing. It like, did. Like in Under Siege 2, we didn't talk about this when colon we did that dark movie. Territory. In Colon Dark Territory. Yeah. When he was in the kitchen fighting the bad guy with silver hair, which by the way, I think that Terry Silver should have had silver hair. <laughs> I think it would have made it at better. Least, at least silver streaks. Give him some gray. <laughs> at least some streaks. Just gray him yeah. a little bit, you know? Like touch of skunk. gray. A little bit of skunk. Touch, a, touch of gray. Yeah. I mean, he had the, the wet ponytail, yeah. you know? And that was real hair, you could tell. Unlike the guy from Kindergarten Cop, yeah. who looks like yeah. Crease dressed as Terry Silver, by the way. Go back and look that picture up. It looks like John Crease dressed as Terry Silver. Oh, man. And his name was Cullen Crisp. Cullen Crisp's... Crispy. It's a, that's a great one. That's but great anyway, pool. Great I, pool. I just think that that whole last fight was kind of crazy. He was beating him up, taking the points away. He toyed with him, and that's ultimately why he lost. But the kata, the discipline, the strong roots. Yes. The strong roots in his training. And that's why he won. And that's the lesson we take from this whole movie. And we're all glad that LaRusso won. He may have been whiny. He may have been kind of a bitch the whole movie. Kind but, of. <laughs> kind of. But in the end, you want to see him succeed. And he beat that no can I Mike Barnes. Can I fully admit something here? You know, we talked a little bit about crying last episode. Yeah. I did not cry. Oh. But I felt I felt a little emotional, man. Why? Why you did that add happen? It, to the list. it was the music. Karate Kid 3, The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> it's not the up list. there with Batman dying, you know? I know Batman <laughs> yeah. dying is a little more serious. Batman can't die. You know, when, when Batman dies, yeah. he doesn't die, but you know, I felt as if I was getting a little emotional there when when it, the music was playing and it kept playing louder and louder and louder yeah. and it's more triumphant and he's about to get his ass kicked and he might die. He might get his face punched in. Yep. But no, he wins. And I felt my heartstrings getting tugged yeah, there, Yeah, he was so proud of him. I wish they showed a little more about what happened after, though. We don't know anything. Yeah, we just, give, he give won me that epilogue. Like I said, with the, with the Danny and uh, Mr. Miyagi getting murdered. Yeah, just give us the give us the epilogue. Give us, I always love that in movies, and they don't do that enough. Yeah, where they just show the still the screenshot of Daniel Larusso went on to go to college, and the tree shop was a success. I don't give it make it make it really nice. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to do something for the website here. What's that? I'm going to challenge you to take. We'll take screenshots yeah. of each character, and you write the epilogue. Oh, absolutely, you do that. We'll post oh. it on the website. We'll yes. post it. Deal. You do that. Deal. By the time this podcast airs, it will be ready. Yeah. So you're probably already reading it at this point. Yes. So if you hear that, this yes. is where it started. Yes. This moment right here. But I want you to write the epilogue because I feel like you'll do a hell of a job with will it. Will do. So I know we're running out of time, but I want to get through one thing real quick and then we'll get to your game. I put together a little list here and I think we should start doing this for movies now on. All right. I know that these items are not available online because I tried looking for them. Ah. I tried very hard to look for these things in preparation for this episode. But... Having said that, I'm going to give you a list of items that I would like to see available at, at? thegoldencloset.com. See, we can't go the episode without bringing this up. I'm glad that you got, the, got this going. So if you could have anything from this movie, okay, I'm going to name some of these lists. And I, you tell me how much you'd be willing to pay for it. And I'll tell you what I think the list price would be online. Right. I'm going into this blood. I have no idea All what right. you're about to tell me right now. The $10,000 bonsai tree. 
ten thousand dollar bonsai yeah, how tree. How much would you pay for? That? I feel it's not worth ten grand, and I myself, me, I would pay fifty dollars. Was that a real tree? That was not a real tree. I'm going on record as saying that's probably plastic, and I would pay myself fifty dollars for that. All tree. right, I'll say since since it's from a a threequel, yeah. It's going to be listed at $5,000. <laughs> no chance in hell. That's probably what it what I could no, imagine. For the listed. original prop tree from that movie, if it was I a would real pay $50. Tree. No, not a penny more. If it was a real tree. I'm going half of market value <laughs> right. here, okay? Five grand. They'll, they'll get it to you for five grand. Or it's probably huge now. Someone would buy it for that. What Next. about the karate magazine that Mike, Mike Barnes was in? Oh, the one that Silver chose yeah, for How much them. would you pay for that? I would pay $75 for that. That's going to be listed at two fifty. If I'm listing these, yeah, that's listed at two fifty because I, it's kind of like the 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 uh, book that we had from Escape from L.A. Yeah, like that. Yeah, see, I see that's just one page though for for in the movie. So you get the whole book, but all I really want is one page. Yeah. So it's not worth it to me. Do you think they wrote a whole magazine of karate articles, or did they just paste that in? Those pages are blank. How much man. did they commit to the role? Oh, those are all blank. What about the wooden dummy that Silver made? Not oh. the one that was destroyed. Yeah, the one that Danny could be, kick out. How much would you pay for that? I would pay. Six hundred dollars for that. I feel like that would definitely be listed at like eight fifty. Yeah, and plus you get the picture of the the ad of of Mike Barnes, Barnes on it, so it's like you don't even have to buy the magazine. There's a whole bunch of other things I listed on here too. What about Silver Steven Seagal jacket, the big leather one? Oof. See, there's a chance that Seagal maybe owned it, gave it to Goodwill at some point. See, market value for something like that, you go to the store, you go it's probably to expensive Wilson's leather. Yeah, you're gonna pay like probably five hundred bucks for yeah. that jacket. I myself would pay. 700 for it 700 yeah yeah i think they're gonna list that one at like 850 all right i'll go up i'll go up to 850 i'll buy that you'll buy that it's a sale what about the what about the the pickup truck that silver drove <laughs> as <laughs> i know what it was the humble truck was it a toyota i don't know i think it was a toyota i don't even know i don't even know what kind of truck that was it was like a car truck what what about the tea set from his bubble bath <laughs> Or the sweeping the leg book that he said, hey, man, I got a really cool book for you. I got you. this really sweet book on leg sweeping. I'll show you how to sweep legs. <laughs> well, I want to learn how to sweep legs. It's a good technique. He also punched bars in the head with that book, too, in one of their schemes. So I'm going to say I would pay 250 for the book. I'd pay 450 for the tea set. And I would pay $8,000 for the game used truck. <laughs> what about the clippings of his ponytail that he did after this movie? Because oh. the next one... That we saw on IMDb of this guy's face. He had short hair. Oh, you see, I would put that. I would frame that. Oh, 475. <laughs> That's worth it. Is that too, is that make me look like a creep? No, they're going to they're going to give you a deal. They're going to list that at 400. All right. It's, it's a deal. You bought it. It's a deal. Anyway, moving on. So for our final segment, I decided to do a little true or false game with you. All about right. Movie facts, trivia facts about this movie. This sounds so, interesting. So some of them I pulled straight from IMDb on the trivia section. And others I made up. And you got to tell me which ones are true and which ones are All right. false. All right. <laughs> so let's get right into it. First one. So this is the film debut of Thomas Ian Griffith, who portrays a Vietnam veteran. In real life, Griffith was only 13 years old when the Vietnam War ended. He also had, he also is some months younger than Ralph Macchio, who I, plays a child in the movie. I feel like that's true because he looks, he looks, dude, that's the thing I was saying to you, right? Like, yeah. Crease looks like a Vietnam vet. Like right. he's an old chiseled sure. guy, but like this could, dude looks like he was probably yeah. 12. Yeah, Crease could pass for 40. I'm saying true. True story. It is. Ralph Macchio is older than Thomas Ian Griffith. He was Terry taller, Silver. so you yeah. know, you add like a foot, that adds like 10 years. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's awesome. Silver's, Silver is younger than Ralph Macchio. I love it. That's, all, that's insane. True story. Second one. Ralph Macchio's character was supposed to have a romantic relationship with character Jessica 
played by Robin Lively, but he asked to have the relationship be platonic because he didn't want to get his wife jealous. Oh my god, that's tough. True or false? I'm saying... Which may explain the weirdness shift. I'm saying true. 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 Is it? No, I don't know if it's really true, but it's true based on IMDb. Really? So that's why it was probably originally written as a love story... And they did the old switcheroo. Maybe his wife was there for shooting, right? And she saw it, and she maybe didn't there like was it? a deleted kissing scene, and the wife was like, "No way, dude, we got to check the DVD." Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know that. So that's true. All right, next item. So I'm, I'm two for two right now. Two for two. After answering an open casting call for the Karate Kid Three, Sean Caden, who was Snake, like Barnes. Oh, okay. Um, he was a callback for he had a callback for a screen test for Ralph Macchio. Quote him saying, "I wanted them to remember me." So I went off script and personally berated him and gave him real knees to the gut while backing him into a corner <laughs> to get the role. I'm going to say that's false. That sounds ridiculous. That is false. All right. <laughs> it's you half true. He went, he went hardcore with him, but he didn't hit him and he didn't Speaking of him. that, do you think Terry Silver, the actor, like went around terrorizing teenagers? Like he went, <laughs> you know, if they remade this movie, we didn't do a recast for this, but it would probably be Christian Bale. I feel like he would go all out like, you know, like Daniel Day-Lewis style and go and actually do that. Let me get to my next question. Oh my, Steal the words out of my I'm mouth. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. The Terry Silver mannerisms and character were mostly created from Thomas E. Griffith himself. Quote from Griffith, I wanted Silver to be over the top, almost like a Bond villain. I thought to myself, to believe this guy's motivation to ruin a 17-year-old and an old man, you really have to enjoy yourself. The guy has to be insane. I treated my kids like crap for over an eight-month period. In preparation I, for this role. I believe it because he was so damn good at it. Did he? <laughs> that is false. I completely oh, made man. that up. Dude, I believe it because completely he, made that up. he seemed like he was really committed to this role. He did seem like a Bond villain. Yeah, he was. I'm, he was a Bond villain. I'm disappointed this guy hasn't done really like more work. Yeah. You know, he could be in something else. Sure. He'd have been a better bad guy in Under Siege 2, colon, Dark Territory. He actually would have. More colons. Next item. While filming, Sean Caden, who was Bard's, performed his own stunts, including one wherein he lunged forward and landed on his stomach for about 20 takes. After taking aspirin for four days to deal with the residual pain, Caden fell unconscious. At the hospital, he was diagnosed with internal bleeding caused by an abdominal tear. <laughs> if you made that up, you're a damn good writer. <laughs> that's that's true. Uh, no, so it's, it's false. It's true. Is it? It's true. I did not make that up. That is true. That, Man, that I was really going to say, that's a hell of a writing job there by you. All right, so you're, you're, one for th- you're, three, you're two for three. Okay. Three for four. Whatever. I don't know, whatever. Whatever you are. Last question. Martin Cove, who was John Kreese, was originally written to be more heavily involved in the film, but he had to scale back on a shooting due to his starring role in the CBS action comedy series Hard Time on Planet Earth. Thus, the Tahiti trip was written in to explain his absence. Cove later expressed regret in his decision as the series TV series bombed. All right, let me say this. Clearly, it didn't work out for this guy because he hasn't been in more stuff. And I actually love this dude as a bad guy. Yeah. He's awesome. He's actually been in a lot of stuff, He's but you've never awesome. heard of any of it. Let me say, I even if he regrets that, and if that is true, yeah. which I'm going to say that it is true. Yes. I feel like he made the right move because they made Silver even more badass. Like, hey, don't worry, buddy. I got you. Go on a yeah. vacation so to Tahiti. Silver's movie. Is it true? It's partially true, partially okay. false. All right. It's true that he shot a sitcom named Hard Time on Planet Earth. But it was not written. He was not written out of the movie. It was just that's the way the movie was written correctly. I wish they that was true completely. And he did. He did express regret. But what I wanted to get to real quick was this TV show, Hard Time on Planet Earth, which is (laughs) the show he did directly after shooting this film. Yeah. So let me read the synopsis about the real quick. 
one series on CBS and it was canceled oh. and they said it was universally loathed by critics. It wasn't CSI, you yeah. know, so. So this is 1989. Jesse, who is played by Cove, is an alien sent to Earth as punishment by his home planet for his war crimes. His only companion is a floating orb shaped parole officer named Control. Doomed to stay on Earth until he can show compassion, Control helps him lead as normal a life as possible. However, not knowing earthly ways, he often finds himself in trouble. I'm sighing over here. Okay? If you couldn't hear me. All right. Now, at first I was mad at CBS because I feel like, you know, they have a lot of crappy television yeah. and they, they cancel some good things. But OK, I can understand why that that just sounded like <laughs> how, how 80s does that show sound? That right? sounds so ridiculous. I looked it up. It is on YouTube. Some is of the really? episodes. I didn't watch the episodes. We got to get the archive. Footage. So yeah, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to screen one of those episodes and let you know just oh how horrible God. that show is. We'll have to tweet it. Alien set to Earth, whose best friend is an orb. Is he the alien or is he the orb? He's the alien. His best friend is the orb. Do they give him makeup or does he just look <laughs> no, like himself? I, no, he's supposed to look like a human. Oh, my yeah. God. Like a Terminator type thing. That is ridiculous. So, yeah, th- those are the career choices that Kreese did after Karate Kid ended, which is a disaster for his career. So that's that's all I got on the game over. You did very well. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks for putting that game together. You know, as always, we want to get your feedback right in. Tell us what you guys want to see. We got a lot of great suggestions so far, and I know we got a really a couple good emails and some tweets here. So yes, want to get to those. The first one comes from Andrew in Birmingham. He says, guys, I just learned about the podcast a couple weeks ago, and I've listened to several episodes. The show's entertaining, and I appreciate the fun approach you take. I can't wait for the next episode to come out. Keep up the great work. P.S. Here's a couple of suggestions for possible shows. Ooh. So we did a little due diligence here because I hadn't heard of the first one that, that Andrew suggested. I yes. didn't know it was a movie. Uh, the first one, he says, it's Rad from 1986. He says, if you've seen this, you know how terrible and awesome it is at the same time. Looking back, the budget had to have been one of the lowest in film history. <laughs> but when I was wearing out my VHS tape as a kid, I didn't know it. And I know no, and, and no kid could resist hoping, hopping on their bike after the ending. Sorry, Andrew, I butchered that for you. Yeah. I didn't know that that movie existed. Well, we watched a trailer on YouTube. Yeah, we didn't watch a trailer. It's got uh, Lori Loughlin... Uh, Uncle Jesse's wife, Jesse, Mrs. Katsopoulos. Mrs. Katsopoulos. I can't think of her first name on top of my head right now. Um, but those are the type of movies we talked about in our last podcast, our mailbag yeah. about movies that shape your childhood that maybe nobody else knows about. That's exactly what we were talking about. It looked like something that we were talking about, like the yeah. Brink or whatever, yeah. Airborne. And it has like one star in it that's like out of character yeah. to what you know. And it's Lori Loughlin in this one. And it's something that, yeah, I kind of want to, I'm curious now. I kind of want to watch this movie. Now, maybe Andrew can tell us. I didn't, I haven't seen it, right? Like we said. Was she playing like a teenager? Like, wasn't she it shooting was hard Full to House tell. at the same time? It was time? hard to tell. I, I got from it. They were like 20-year-olds that were in the BMX scene. Yeah. But uh, who knows? And the next one is Girl Next Door, which is honestly, do not be ashamed for liking this movie, Yeah, what Andrew. the heck? I love this movie. That's one of our favorite movies. We, listen, when we used to live together in an apartment during college and all that stuff, we watched this movie like, it was on HBO all the time. We would watch this movie once a week. Every time. I love we this movie. We quote it. We actually... Our we ca- <laughs> we called our friendship the tripod too. Yeah, we like, stole it from jo- that movie. Jokingly, we called it the tripod, and it was like started from that movie, like in a joking way. I know you said you're embarrassed to admit that you like it. Don't be, because yeah. it's a great movie. Yeah, and we may do that very soon down the line. It was actually it's actually on our short list of movies to do, so you may see it sooner rather than later. The last thing I wanted to get to was a tweet from our friend Alex on Twitter, who said that not only did he meet Rob Schneider. At some point. <laughs> yeah, he did say that earlier. <laughs> he also met Dr. Poole himself. <laughs> Kevin he, Pollock. He said he was super nice, too. So, yeah. like, I want to know, Alex, you got to write in. Let us know, like, what other people have you met at this hotel? Because it sounds like you've met some two awesome celebrities yeah. here. Like, there's got to be some others. Let us know. Write See, in to us again. 
See, I, I know he's probably trying to be professional. Do we know his job? I, he, uh, I think he's... Well, I don't want to say it on the air. I don't know. All right, well, I think he works maybe in, the hotel, at a hotel, right? in the hotel business. So I probably I think he's to, a concierge. So you, prob- you probably have to be professional, but I would love to like any celebrity, like take a role and be like, hey, Rob, I, uh, <laughs> I really loved you in The Animal. <laughs> or, uh, hey, Kevin Pollock, I keep yeah. those pools clean and see if they see if they like understand. We joked about him having fruit stripe gum yeah. for, for Rob Schneider. Yeah. Hey, hey, Rob, you have any tip left over? Like, yeah. and see if he gets it, you know? <laughs> Unless but, it's, I've never seen a celebrity like, like that, you know, where right. it's like, maybe you freeze and you forget yeah, what I, to I, say. I would probably freeze if I saw a celebrity. But, but uh, Dr. Poole himself, that's awesome. That's awesome. Speaking of Rob Schneider, uh, we're going to, we're going to end our podcast. It's going to we're going to close the doors to the last row because we've reached our apex because we were, uh, we were talking with <laughs> it was a, a dispute with, with Jared. A, yeah. With another, with another last row, uh, last row listener, Jared on Twitter. Thank you for we listening. We were talking Jared. about, uh, Rob Schneider and demolition man, which he falsely said he was not in and he was in. So we, we did this back and forth on Twitter. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, somehow Rob Schneider's Twitter handle got thrown into the conversation. Yeah. And then the, the one post that I posted that uh, actually had Rob Schneider <laughs> talking to Stallone in the demolition man costume to yeah. prove that he was in the movie. Schneider himself favorited. Do you tweet. think that that was Schneider or does he have an assistant, like a social media Look, assistant? Does Schneider know how to use Twitter? No disrespect to Schneider and his career. I feel like he's got time to handle his own Twitter account. He doesn't have a publicist do it for him. He's not big enough, big time enough. So I, I want to say, Jared, I agree. He was, he was not credited for the movie, so I can understand missing that. Yeah. If you're looking at IMDb, if you haven't seen the movie in a while. Based on memory and seeing him, he was oh, definitely the picture, in the movie. Oh, the picture, yeah. And the but, picture was hilarious. Well, the argument, the argument is, not, is not the issue. The fact that he favored, Rob yeah. Schneider favorited the last Rose tweet, it's game over, baby. We're yeah. done. <laughs> that's, that's a drop the mic moment. So <laughs> so thank you to to all the people, including Alex, Jared, um, and, and Andrew, and, and, and Rob, Rob and himself. Rob thank you, yeah. at Rob Schneider. Yeah. So thanks for writing in. <laughs> so anyway, we digress. If you like what we do, find us at our website, thelastrowpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at The Last Row Pod. Search for us on Facebook. We're on Google+. We also have a voicemail line. No one's left us a voicemail. I know we challenged people last time. 415-779-LAST. 415-779-5278. Last. Last. You think this is the end of it all, man? I'm going to open Cobra Kai dojos all over this valley. Hell, I might even teach for free. From now on, when people say karate around here, all they'll be is Cobra Kai karate. John Priestess karate, you won't even be a memory. Yes, he will. You won't. (laughs) Now, will you train me?